So we continue in uh, Mark this morning. Last week we made a start in uh, chapter 7. Sam uh, preached on that, if you were here. And then we looked at a very interesting uh, passage at the beginning of Mark chapter 7, where we see the religious people, the Pharisees, finding fault with Jesus because his disciples didn't follow the traditions. They didn't wash hands and, and things like that. Because for them, religion was about rules and traditions, a very outward thing that you know people could see. But Jesus makes it very clear that they had it wrong. And he uses very strong words, hypocrites, Mark 7, um, verse 6. Hypocrites, he calls them. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So here were the people, and Sam pointed that out last week, who were in a sense the most qualified people. They were born in the right race. They were Jews, the right nation, the people of God, and then Pharisees some more. But the problem was their heart was far from Jesus. And instead they focused on rules and regulations. So it is quite possible to be very religious, very devout, very busy doing all sorts of things religiously, and yet to be very far away from Jesus. Not just because you're doing all these things in the wrong religion, like worshipping idols. Of course, you're far away from Jesus when you worship idols. But it is even possible to go to church, even to this church, every Sunday, put your money in the offering bag and sing and do all sorts of things, basically do a lot of things and still be far away from Jesus. You can do a lot of things or abstain, not do a lot of things and still miss the point. And Jesus shows the Pharisees that all these things that they came up with, and we, we looked at that last week, all this left the heart untouched. And it is the heart that matters. Because our problem is our heart. It is what comes out of the heart that defiles us. We read that in Mark uh, 7 verse 20. Just going there, going back there very uh, briefly. Jesus mentions a whole list there. Mark 7 verse 20. Have you ever gone through that list for yourself? Because it is very revealing. And the question is not as you read this list it's not whether you actually committed all these things but ask yourself honestly is this in my heart have I noticed things like this in my heart before let's just go through the list and just read it for yourself honestly answer for yourself he said what comes out of a person is what defiles him 
For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts. Yes. Sexual immorality. Yes. Theft. Yes. Murder. I'm not talking about whether you killed somebody, but whether in your heart you have wished someone dead as a solution to your problem. Yes. Adultery. Just the thought of exchanging your spouse for someone else. Yes. Coveting. Yes. Wickedness. Yes. Deceit. Yes. Sensuality. Yes. Envy. Yes. Slender. Yes. Pride. Yes. Foolishness. Yes. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. I don't know about you, but I have a 100% score here. 100%. Some as actual deeds, sins committed. Some, not all. But all of them I have found in my own heart. And Jesus is very accurate. The Bible is very accurate in its description of the human heart. It's one of the proofs that the Bible is true. It is very accurate, not flattering, it's not nice to read, but for those of us who want to accept the truth, this is very convincing. But these Pharisees, they rejected the truth. They somehow believed that Jesus would be pleased or that God would be pleased if they just continued going to the synagogue, wash hands and pots and couches even, and give money to the temple. And that is what religion is. And a lot of religion is like that. I believe that any religion, any belief in this world that you come across, can be placed in one of two categories. There is the category of human achievement. I came across this picture, it's a word of a work of art. It is if I do this and this and this, God is going to be pleased. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be a good enough person and then God is going to let me go to heaven. That is one category, human achievement. And I believe that any religious system, any belief, apart from the gospel in the Bible, can be placed in that category. If you don't agree with me, I mean, this is not, I'm not quoting this statement from the Bible. This is my, my own view. But what I have seen, what I have come across, even atheism, of course, an atheist doesn't believe in heaven, but still believes in human achievement to create a better, better world. I think all these belief systems are in this category, human achievement. And then there is another category, 
and that is the category of divine accomplishment. And that is what we find in the gospel. This is not about what I do as a stairway to heaven. It's not what I achieve, but it is about what God has done for me. This is about Jesus who cried on that cross, it is finished. And I'm so glad that he said that, because if my heart is what we read just now in Mark 7, and to be honest, it is like that, I would be quite desperate if I have to work my way to heaven. In fact, the world that we live in is a world of human achievement. And it doesn't really look like heaven, right? And I think in all those thousands of years, we still have not convinced God that it is safe for him to open heaven for human beings. Not even the best of us. Because we have this heart. Out of the heart comes evil. Do you think that God says, yeah, come come to heaven and and spoil it like this planet the world is a mess that's human achievement the world is a mess and part of the problem is me there was a man uh, J.K. Chesterton he said what's wrong with the world I am but thank God for what he accomplished on our behalf when Jesus suffered and died on the cross he was dealing with my heart with my sin with my problem he died for it and that problem was so massive that nothing less than his death could solve it I have a daughter she's at the back there I cannot think of any reason that would make me decide you know what I'm going to sacrifice her There's no such thing. It's impossible. God sacrificed his son. Do you think that he would sacrifice the son of his love if there was a way for us to reach heaven? If it were possible to reach heaven by human achievement, do you think that God would decide, you know, never mind, you can do it your way, but I'm also going to sacrifice my son? That doesn't make sense. He gave his son because there is no other way. And God knows that. We do need Jesus. There's no way that we are able to fix ourselves. That is divine accomplishment. And praise God, Jesus said, it is finished. And what he does ask for now is not a lot of work and achievement. But what he does require is faith. And that is the question for today. Do you, do I trust Christ with my heart, my sins, my problem? Do I trust Jesus with it? Let's read in Mark 7, verse 24. And we read through to the end of the chapter. Mark 7, verse 24. Till the end of the chapter. And from there he arose 
and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, note the word unclean, an unclean spirit, she heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may be... Sorry. For this statement you may go your way, the demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hands on him, his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting touched his tongue and looking up to heaven he sighed and said to him Ephata that is be opened and his ears were opened his tongue was released and he spoke plainly and Jesus charged them to tell no one but the more he charged them the more zealously they proclaimed it and they were astonished beyond measure saying he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So here we have a woman with a demon-possessed little daughter. I think I cannot imagine what that is like. The pain, the fear, the desperation. For, for this girl in the power of Satan but also for the mother I would just imagine that it's a, it was a little girl a little daughter for 25 she would just be playing and then suddenly the mother would see the eyes changing and the soft toy that she was playing with she would suddenly bite it and rip it apart and then start hurting herself. And the mother, knowing exactly what was happening, because it happened all the time, she would quickly come and try to calm her down. But the girl would be very strong, beyond what was normal. And this happened all the time. You never saw it coming, but it would just happen all the time. And it wouldn't improve. She would be so desperate. A daughter in the power of Satan. And then came Jesus. The Pharisees, they could do nothing else than finding fault with Jesus. So he decides to go up north, beyond the borders of Israel. So he's now outside the country, outside the promised land. In the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he did not want anyone to know. 
but it says he could not be hidden. Isn't that wonderful? For the one that needs Jesus, Jesus cannot be hidden. And I'm quite sure that he already knew this woman and that he went all the way up north, outside the country, for a purpose. I'm quite sure that, although it doesn't look like it initially, he knew this woman. He came to look for her. He wasn't looking for popularity. He wanted to be hidden. But he was looking for the individual, for you and for me. And this woman, she had everything against her. Her race was against her. She was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. Not part of the covenant people of God. Then her gender was against her. She was a woman. Which in those days, sadly, was like second rank. People looked down on women. Then Satan himself was against her. Because her daughter, her very own daughter, was demon-possessed. Then the disciples of Jesus were against her. For they asked Jesus, please send her away. And then it seems that even Jesus himself is against her. Because he tells her, let the children be fed first, verse 27. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Wow. That is so offensive. Especially for us, because I was talking about human achievement, and we, we are very much like that. And then we feel very offended, because we work so hard, and we do our best, and then we think that we have at least some rights, that God does owe us something, And then here Jesus says, nope, the bread is for the children, not for the dogs. Dog? You call me dog? The Jews would do that. The Jews would call the non-Jewish people dogs. Scavengers, dogs of the street. The Greek word is kuon. But, and that is very nice, Jesus uses a different word, kunarion, which means little dog, pet dog. Maybe this gave the woman some hope. And we see the faith of the woman. It was persistent faith, and it was a humble faith. Because when you read the same story in uh, Matthew, we read that she cried out to Jesus, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Son of David. And now she realizes that she is calling upon Jesus, but using a title that wasn't for her to use. Because she was a Gentile. He was the son of David for Israel. And Jesus reminds her of that. But I just imagine that Jesus talked to her and said that. But this woman saw his face and she heard his voice. And she noticed that he was saying kunarion. 
I mean, in our translation, probably he wasn't speaking Greek, but he used that different word, little pet dog. He wasn't rejecting her as a stray dog. And then she says, yes, Lord, yet even little pet dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. She's not offended. Quite the opposite. She says, yes, Lord. He is the son of David, but not for me, because I'm not a Jew. But he is more than the son of David. He is Lord, even for me. I think we in our cultures, especially in Western cultures, we are quite assertive. We're even trained in schools to be more assertive because we think we have rights. This woman is also assertive, but not because she thinks she has any rights, but she is assertive in a different way. She is not saying, Lord, give me what I deserve on the basis of my goodness, on the basis of my achievement, but she says, give me what I don't deserve on the basis of your goodness, and I need it now. Jesus loves them. Let me read for you from a children's book. It's by Patricia St. John. If you have children, and even if you don't have children, so that is all of us, I recommend this autumn. Wonderful books, children's books. In her book, The Victor, she writes about this Syrophoenician woman uh, and her daughter, and then also her son, which is, of course, not in the Bible. She, she made that up. But she gives a beautiful description of this story. And I'm going to read for you the passage where the mother shares with her son what happened when she met with Jesus. And you can read along if you want. It is still almost too strange to talk about, she said. If anyone else had spoken to me as he did, I would have been offended. But he cannot offend, for all he says and is, is love. I did not understand at the time, but it has all unfolded since. But what did he say? Nothing at first. I was nearly mad with hope and desire and fear, and I followed the crowd, screaming and shouting. I knew he was a Jew, so I addressed him as the son of David. Over and over I cried, son of David, have pity on me. What did he answer? Nothing. He just walked on. His followers were angry with me and said to him that he should send me away because I kept crying after them. But I wasn't crying after them. I was crying after him. At last Jesus said, I will send only to the people of Israel. They are like a flock of lost sheep. I knew it was not what it seemed. I had used the wrong name. And he was trying to teach me. As son of David, he was sent to his own nation. But there's another name. A name that belongs to me and to all of us. By this time, he was standing still. And I pushed past his followers and fell at his feet. Please help me, Lord. I cried. And then he said a very strange thing. It isn't right to take food away from children and feed it to dogs. What? I said indignantly. He called you a dog. She laughed. 
half tearfully. Oh, you don't understand, Philo, because you have never heard his voice. He was testing me, testing my love, my desire, my understanding. How much did I really want what he so wanted to give? What price was I willing to pay for it? So what did you say to him? I said, Lord, that's true. But even dogs get the crumbs that fall from their owner's table. Bread or crumbs were equally blessed from his hands. Others might feel he dealt harshly with me, but I understood. And when I said that, suddenly all the barriers were down. Joy beamed from his face and his love washed over me. Dear woman, you really do have a lot of faith and you will be given what you want. Then I knew that he was stronger than the evil power and that Illyrica was healed. Mother, what is this power and who is he? She was silent for a time. Then she spoke very softly. I think he is the greatest of all gods. I think his power is the power of love. So here was a woman in desperate need and she knew that Jesus was her only hope and she wouldn't let go of him and that is faith. No human achievement but faith in what God has accomplished in Jesus. And those Pharisees, they wouldn't have it. And this woman, she knew it was her only hope. And the question is, what about you and what about me? Now look at the man in the close of the chapter, very briefly. We read the passage already from verse 31 onwards. A man who was deaf and he had a speech impediment. And then Jesus takes him aside from the crowd, verse 33. Privately, and that is important, that is significant. Because this was between him and Jesus. And the things that we are talking about is between you and Jesus. Get alone with Jesus. It's a strange story. Jesus takes this man apart privately. And then he puts his fingers in the man's ears. Like, your problem is here. And then he spits and touches the tongue of the man. Your problem is here. And he identifies with his own saliva, identifies with the man's problem. Your problem is here and it is here. And then the man is healed. So here we have in this chapter a woman and a man and we don't have any names. You can fill in your own name there. Where are you? Is it time for you to get alone with Jesus? Away from the people that can only see the outside? Get alone with Jesus who can see the inside, the problem of the heart? Maybe a specific sin? Like Jesus told this man, your problem is here and it is here. 
get alone with Jesus and then don't let go of him like this woman he is more than willing to save he is mighty to save as we have been singing more than willing to forgive and to heal so trust him with your sins with your heart with your life that is what faith is forsaking all I trust him shall we pray Father we thank you for these stories that we have been uh, reading and meditating on strange stories almost offensive it is offensive in a way for us we are so keen to at least do something have some basis to stand on have some rights to stand on and then we have to learn that we have nothing to stand on we have to learn that you owe us nothing and that we owe you everything but we thank you for who you are more than willing to save Jesus you gave your own life for us, for me and we thank you we trust you we believe in you and if there are those in this room that have not trusted you yet pray that you will speak to their hearts and show them their need and also your love and willingness to save in Jesus name Amen